Welcome back to the Ease with Food podcast. My name is Shannon. I'm a registered nutritionist and an eating disorder recovery coach. You are listening to the final episode of season two of the podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about calorie counting. So a bit of a rundown for today. We're going to be talking about, and this might sound very obvious, but what calorie counting is, if it's helpful for you, some pros and cons of calorie counting, and then we'll round off with some ways to stop as obsessively counting calories. Before we dive into that, I just want to say a big thank you for listening to season two of the pod. Um, there's been some really lovely episodes this season and some really lovely feedback from them. So it's really lovely to have built this lovely podcast community. I just realized I said lovely about a thousand times. Anyway, that's fine. We're going to be back for season three of the pod in mid-April. I have quite a lot of exciting guests lined up and a few exciting topics. We're going into spring um, as well. So it's, I feel like, a time for, you know, new beginnings and planting seeds. So I'm hoping that season three of the pod will give you a lot of inspiration in your recovery and just kind of feel a little bit flowy and light um, as we go into the new season. So let's dive into today's episode. So let's talk about first what I mean by calorie counting. So as you probably know, I don't need to spell it out for you too much probably, but calorie counting is often a way to either lose or maintain weight in the way that we think about it. It might also be to gain weight, but most of the time it's usually to lose weight. And I guess some people would argue that knowing how many calories you're eating is a good thing because it means that you know if you're going kind of, you know, eating too much or eating too little. But the thing is, is calorie counting is, you know, an external way of judging what you eat. Now, what does this mean? You've heard me talk about intuitive eating in the past. And if you haven't, I'm going to link a few podcast episodes for you to listen to on intuitive eating. But really intuitive eating and being in tune with how you eat really is determined by internal cues rather than external. So something like calorie counting is an external cue, you know, so you might determine what you're going to eat based on how many calories something contains, how it fits into your day of eating, what you've eaten so far that day, rather than, you know, how it feels in your body to eat a certain thing, how hungry you are, how full you are, and just in general, like, you know, what kind of food you feel like eating. And so really, I think that's really the kind of bottom line with calorie counting. No matter if you want to gain weight or lose weight or maintain weight, really it's taking you out of being in tune with your body, which we know from research and I've seen from, you know, my clinical experience that when people aren't in tune with themselves, all areas of their life tend to go a little bit wild. So they tend to be you know, feeling really tired, they tend to be feeling really overwhelmed, um, they tend to be feeling quite stressed out by things. And so that really does go in hand with calorie counting, usually. Um, and so you know the the also the problem with calorie counting is it kind of looks at your body or how you eat as like a goal. So, you know, obviously this is a positive relationship to food podcasts. So, you know, we don't recommend weight loss or trying to lose weight on this podcast but really calorie counting 
is really a quick stop to potentially disordered eating. And while we definitely can't say that eating disorders and disordered eating are 100% caused by calorie tracking, there was a study, which was a really big study, which looked at people with eating disorders and 75% of them said that their eating disorder started with calorie counting and that the calorie counting, you know, exuberated what was already going on. So that's a really big deal. And when we think of the fact that eating disorders are multifactorial, um, the fact that so many people contribute calorie counting to the development of their eating disorder, I think that's a huge deal. And this isn't to say that eating disorders are like a diet gone wrong or that calorie counting causes eating disorders, but we know that most people who calorie count go on to develop disordered eating. Um, okay, that's a lot of stats and numbers for you. I kind of went um, full hog there. So let's, uh, I'm going to reel it back a bit and think about actually giving a bit of a rundown of what exactly calorie counting is if you've never done it before. Or if maybe you've done it, but maybe you don't know how other people do it. And I'm not going to give you tips on how to do it, but calorie counting is often done with a pen and paper and you kind of add up what you've eaten in a day or it might be done by an app such as MyFitnessPal. MyFitnessPal is definitely not your pal and it definitely, like I said, contributes to a lot of problems and overwhelm with food. And you get the info about calorie counts on usually the packaging of food or you might Google, you know, amount of calories in um, slice of bread or amount of calories in an egg or whatever you're eating and really that's all calculated throughout the day some calorie trackers will take off how much they've exercised or you know their kind of general movement really depends on your style of calorie counting and really like the point of calorie counting like I said before is to lose weight maintain weight or gain weight so to gain weight, it might be like a, someone who wants to gain muscle, who is working out, or it might be someone who has lost a lot of weight and they need to gain weight. Maintaining weight, I think, is where the tricky zone comes in, where people will calorie track to make sure they're eating enough. And so you might think, oh, well, hey, that's not as bad as um, calorie counting to lose weight. But in my experience, and this probably isn't for everyone, the people who are trying to maintain their weight tend to be people who are kind of tied up in like this calorie counting diet culture. So I think even if you're doing that to maintain weight, I still think it's a kind of slippy slope into disordered eating. And then for our purposes, you know, the majority of people listening to this podcast are probably people who have used calorie counting to lose weight in the past. And so you might have a certain calorie number that the app has given you. You might have a calorie count that a coach has calculated for you. Or you might have done it on like a, you know, how many calories should I eat in a day calculator online. But the problem with calorie counting, other than you don't trust your body, is that really it's very stressful to the body. So feeling like you need to track calories and feeling like there's no other way that you could be healthy or trust what you eat or you know 
feeling like you could go over your calorie limit if you make up for it by exercise. All of these things are causing so much stress on the body. And really, we aren't meant to be obsessed with food and thinking about it constantly. Um, you know, these calorie counters and keeping track of what you eat is a relatively new thing. I mean, these kind of behaviors have been going on since, you know, maybe the 1940s. Um, so they are relatively new. Our brains aren't wired to be constantly thinking about food all that much. And what I know about calorie counting is that, you know, thinking about food all day long and how much of your daily allowance you still have, it is really psychologically demanding. And it feels like you just don't have time for anything else you might want to do. And, you know, constantly keeping track of the calories and what you're eating and everything that goes in your mouth, it's really exhausting. And also, you know, truly at the end of the day, bottom line is you don't really need to know how many calories or grams of protein or grams of fat or carbohydrates you're eating because a bird's eye view of food and what you're eating is a lot more sustainable, a lot more healthy and you know, really much more in line with what you might need to do for health if you want to think about what you're eating at all. And, you know, most people who calorie count, they really have a lot of anxiety around food. They might lack a lot of, lot of flexibility, which we know is a cornerstone of a healthy relationship to food. Um, it can feel like you have to skip meals or skip snacks or make up for what you've eaten by going for a walk. All of these things are an unhealthy mindset to be in. And, you know, over time, these behaviours kind of all accumulate to an obsession or to feeling totally overwhelmed with food. And, you know, it can take a long time to overcome calorie counting. But I've seen, you know, hundreds of people who have overcome obsessive calorie counting. So, if you're feeling stuck, don't worry, there's a hope here that you can get out of it. And I'm going to share some tips um, towards the end of this episode. You know, another reason that calorie counting is really um, not the best idea is that you can actually end up missing out on nutrients. So going for lower calorie foods really means that you might be lacking on things like fats or certain micronutrients such as vitamin E or omega-3 and not to mention did you know that a low-carb diet is actually linked to worse mental health that's because high higher carbohydrate foods contain fiber which is essential for your body to produce um, something called short-chain fatty acids which is known to have mental health um, kind of promoting properties and that's all done in the digestive system. So you might have heard of something called the gut microbiome and the gut bugs feeding on fiber. All of these things together are linked to digestion, mood, and kind of long-term health, such as you know preventing certain health conditions like cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. So you know maybe for the short term, calorie counting is giving you 
you know, this thrill of losing weight or feeling really kind of um, floaty, right, from like meeting your calorie goals. But in the long term, it really might not serve you as well. And you might have calorie counting for a long time. So you might already know that, which might be why you're listening to this. And also bottom line is your calorie needs are fluid. Loads and loads of factors go into how much you need to eat in a day. So, you know, how much you've slept, what you're feeling like eating, your exercise levels, how much water you've drunk, your menstrual cycle, your mental health, all of these things determine how much you need to eat in a day. So there's really no set daily amount that you should be eating. And, you know, the somersaults in your head because you might know this, you might know this to be true that some days you might be a bit more hungry. You know, the somersaults in your head that you do when you're like, well, I'll be a bit more hungry this day and then I'll make up for it tomorrow. It's not really how the body works, ultimately. You know, the body is a little bit more smart than that. Um, You know, if your body knows that tomorrow you're going to try and take food away from it, it's already smarter than you. Like your brain already knows, oh, tomorrow I'm going to have less food available. So, you know, that's not happening. I need to get this all in now. So, um, yeah, hopefully that gives you a bit of clarity into why calorie counting is so difficult or why it feels so, so tricky. Um, and actually, I wanted to give you another reason that calorie counting often is really hard, which is the the calorie counts on packaging, on food packaging, can legally be up to 20% wrong. So I'm going to talk numbers, but very kind of just an overview. Um, so just prepare for that. You know, if you have a 100 calorie food that you believe is 100 calories because it says it on the food packet, actually that can be 80 calories or it can be 120 calories. And that's like the legal requirement because, you know, if we imagine, you know, let's imagine like basically if you have a product that's been made in like a big vat and then it's kind of split up into 100 it's quite impossible for all of those little individual portions to be like 100 calories. There is going to be difference and legally that can be up to 20%. So really your calories for the day can be plus or minus 20%, Um, which isn't to freak you out, but it's just to say, you know, there is a lot of leeway in there and actually counting calories can be potentially incorrect anyway. And, you know, things like food preparation and how you've cooked it, these all impact how many calories are in the food as well. And also how you absorb calories is really important as well. You know, for example, um, foods high in fiber, you you don't absorb as many calories because they have a high fiber content. Um, and we're not going to go too much into that today, but all of this is just to say that the calorie numbers that you see, you know, aren't accurate. They're maybe 80% accurate. And I think that piece of knowledge can help to kind of take the the weight off of calorie counting a little bit. And, you know, just to be as unbiased as possible, even though I don't agree with calorie counting, I am going to give you some pros of calorie counting. You know, let me (laughs) rack my brain for some pros. But, you know, I really do... I know that calorie counting gives you something to like rely on 
you know, in the days where I calorie counted or when my clients tell me about calorie counting, there's a safety in counting your calories for the day. Um, you know, the reason that you might do it is deeper than just, I want to lose weight or I want to know how much I'm eating. You know, it distracts you from things going on in your life. It gives you hope for, you know, how you could be in, you know, I don't know, six months time. Um, so that's a pro of it. Another pro, um, which is a bit of a funny one, I think you get the use out of using your phone that you pay for. Um, you know, you maybe you're someone who doesn't use their phone all that much apart from your calorie counting app. You know, that's a pro. You're getting your use out of that phone. And another pro, or this is more just a neutral, some people might calorie count and they might never develop any problems with food. You know, do I believe that? No, not really, because I believe that when something's being watched and monitored, it's going to behave differently. Um, you know, if your brain is thinking more about food because you're inputting into an app or you're counting calories, you know, I I really don't believe that that's a neutral thing. But, you know, maybe there are people who view it as a bit more neutral. So that is not a pro, but it's more just a more of a point that some people might feel okay with calorie counting but you know as someone who can see a lot of disordered eating and a lot of disordered eating thoughts and behaviors I really don't think calorie counting can ever be neutral all right I want you to take all of that in I know that was like maybe information overload but you know I want to give you as much info on this podcast as I can so um, reflect on what this means for you if you are still feeling 1000% about calorie counting or if you feel like hmm, I think I need to like shake things up a bit and maybe not count calories as much or whatever you're thinking about because we're going to go into how to stop calorie counting I'm going to give you maybe five tips so number one and this is a big one and you might not be able to do it and that's okay. This is just an idea. I want you to delete the app that you currently use to count calories. If you have a notebook where you count calories, I want you to get rid of it for an hour or a day or a week. So if you can't kind of go cold turkey by deleting the app or getting rid of your notebook completely, I think that you would benefit from one-to-one -one support because this tells us that there's something deeper going on. If you can go cold turkey, amazing. Um, delete the app, get rid of your notebook, stop checking calorie counts on the packaging of food. Great. Over time, it's going to feel like, well, to begin with, it's probably going to be really difficult to not count calories anymore. But over time, by not giving in to the temptation to do it, things will get better. Number two, I want you to build meals that feel good to you. Start with the main food groups, which are protein, carbs, and fat. And then just kind of have some fruits and vegetables and whatever else you want to have on the plate. Build it up from there. So by this, I mean, try to build meals that contain protein, carbohydrates, and fat, and then add some other things to it. When you're in the mindset of calorie counting, what you're focused on is usually calorie counts. 
So I want you to think about food more as food groups and nutrients rather than calories and start to kind of change that um, association in your mind. Number three, focus on what meals and foods feel good to you. So often people have um, set meals or snacks or foods that they eat when they're calorie counting because they always know the calorie counts in them. So it might be like a 100 calorie snack or a 600 calorie meal that they eat all the time because they know how many calories are in it and it feels like really safe to them and they know that they've they don't need to like track it or be as careful but I want you to start thinking about how foods and meals make you feel so be really honest with yourself you know I had a client years ago who she made the same chili every single night of her life for years and she made it because she knew everything that was in it and she had it saved on her MyFitnessPal and she just clicked like add today but you know when I asked her how she felt about it she just said I hate it it's so boring I hate the taste I hate the sweet corn I hate the tomatoes I hate everything about it but she never felt like she had the permission to change it and so what we did is we slowly changed it up a little bit so this chili that she had she started adding she added like the tiniest bit of cheese on top and then she added a tiny bit of avocado and a little bit of um, mayonnaise. And then she added some, um, not not like everything all together, but she would just kind of mix it up every day. One day she would add some like jalapenos on top. Some days she added a bit of salsa and tortilla chips. One day, you know, over time, she eventually started eating it as like a, a taco rather than just a bowl of chili. She then had a bit of rice with it. You know, she was like mixing it up over time and I helped her do that based on what was like available to her and what she was ready for. And when she started changing things up, that started to feel really good and she then had the confidence to eat other things. So that's just an example of one of my old clients. I want you to think about how your food truly makes you feel and what you could do to change it up a little bit. Number four, when you're going through, um, you know, stopping calorie counting, it can feel really stressful, really overwhelming, and it takes a lot of mental energy from you. So I want you to make sure you're focusing on how you're taking care of yourself. So, you know, looking at your schedule for the next while and making sure you've got time to rest, time for, you know, relaxing, time for joy, time for fun, time for yourself. Maybe you might even spend more time with your friends or your family. Just in general, make sure you're taking care of yourself in this time. And then number five, give yourself a break. Think about how long you've been tracking calories for. And remember that this can take a really long time to heal your relationship to calorie counting. I, you know, I can't give you specific numbers, but I do know that it's going to take at least you know, a few months probably to feel even just a bit better. And that's not to like scare you because I know that three months sounds like a long time, but think about how long you have been tracking calories. It might be 20 years, it might be five years, it might be six months, right? That's been like really kind of all consuming. 
you know, a few months is a drop in the ocean based on what it could be if you don't kind of um, work on it. And also, I'm also holding space that maybe it's not time for you to work on this and maybe calorie counting is safe for you right now and maybe you just need to continue with it until, I don't know, until you have more time to give to recovering your relationship to food. And with that being said, I hope that this episode has been helpful. Like I said, I know it's been information overload, but you don't need to take everything from it. You can re-listen to this episode whenever you need to. Um, I would recommend if this feels really overwhelming and really difficult, once you've tried a few of the things I've suggested, please get in touch with us at Ease Nutrition Therapy. We are a team of eating disorder, disordered eating experts. We have our nutritionists, our dietitians, therapists and our coaches. So please do get in touch with us if you want to work with us one-to-one. I'm going to be gone for just a little while. So this episode will be our last for maybe two to four weeks. I'm going to be coming back in mid-April. So I hope that you have a really lovely next few weeks and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.